fun. You see. <coughs> we'll see how far we get. All right. So this will end up being uh, lesson two, part two, because we didn't get all the way through our notes um, two weeks ago. Um, so just kind of a, a reminder of where we've been. Um, <clears throat> we're going through uh, working with the, the evangelism training clinic. Uh, and of course, like I said, this is basically just kind of a form of how we're going to go through uh, to be able to set this up. And uh, the, the last things that we talked about um, two weeks ago was the three critical issues um, and where we find those. So if you will go ahead and turn to Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. So question would be, do we remember what those three critical issues are? One is all sinned, right? Two is you have redemption in Christ Jesus, so you actually have the solution. Uh, and then thirdly is um, we encourage uh, response by faith in His blood, right? And where we find that is in Romans chapter 3, verses 23, 24, and verse 25. Now again, as we talked about, there's a lot of stuff in here that we're not going to get into. Um, but those are the basic issues that we wanted to see. So the three critical issues, uh, all have sinned. The, the solution to that problem is that Christ died uh, for their sins, uh, for our sins. And then the, the third and final thing is to encourage a response by trusting in the, in, in the blood. Notice Romans chapter 3, verse 23. Uh, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. Father, we thank You for the opportunity that we had to study Your Word. Uh, as we take a look at the, this, this uh, information, may we allow Your Word to be the final authority in all things. Um, and as we, we talk about these things, May we <coughs> come to a better knowledge and understanding of your word that we through patience come from the scriptures might have hope um, as we take this gospel to a lost and dying world uh, that we may present it in a way um, that we encourage a response from folks. Um, and it's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. <coughs> now, <coughs> we talked about the three critical issues. We also talked about those crunch questions. And if you remember, I gave, I gave these out last time. Um, and so for those, those that, uh, that may not be here, um, if you'd like one of these, uh, I can send you the document. Just send me a tech, uh, an email. Um, and there was a lady on, on YouTube uh, that... that message or left a message or response on one of the videos and uh i've not heard back from her yet so i'm hoping hoping that that i will uh but basically what this is is these are the the the, the crunch questions and then also the the three critical issues and basically what i've done is i've taken that information and put it on 
this. That way it can kind of fit in your Bible real, real easy. Uh, put it in a pocket, whatever it may be. Um, but some of those crunch questions that we have, uh, just kind of remind ourselves, uh, and there's different ways you can go about doing this. One, uh, you could talk to people about, do you attend church? Why or why not? Um, do you know if you would go to heaven uh, when you die? Yes or no? Um, and if they say yes, well, how do you know? How is it that you know that you're going to go to heaven? And then we look for those responses and listen to what they actually say. Um, and that's one of the things Angie is talking about. How do I talk to my family members that claim they're saved? And that's one of those things to be able to ask that question. How do you know? And if it's, if it's well, I've gone to church my entire life, or I was baptized, or I give to the church, or I, I do this, that, the other, whatever it may be. I prayed and, and God forgave me, whatever. Um, if it's anything other than trusting what Christ did, then we know where they are. All right, and then we can actually be able to talk to them about those things. So any other, any other answer other than Christ alone, then what we should do is be able to show them, here's, here's, what, here's what the Scripture actually says. And it's, <coughs> it's one of those things when we look at that is where we left off the last time on our notes, that asking permission... Here's where that asking permission comes in, and it's, it, it, it's probably slightly different than maybe what you're thinking about, um, and we'll talk about that. Uh, it's got the three critical issues on there, and it shows you the verses, and then on the back it's got the decision, um, and then the follow-up stuff that goes along with that. So uh, that's just kind of a little cheat sheet until you kind of get the, some of that stuff kind of memorized and locked into your mind. So that's kind of where we've come, come up to particular, uh, this, this point in particular. Um, but let's take a look here. Uh, so we're on page, I think, what, three? So page three, I think we got through part B, and we're up to part C, which is the asking permission to present the gospel. Um, so hopefully by this time, what we've been able to do is... is you know, go through those icebreakers with folks, deal with those crunch questions, um, and and we get to the point where we can actually ask permission to do that. Um, looking for that opening, uh, hopefully we've already established that with this with a particular person. And one of the things that I've said before is <coughs> when you're when you're going through here. Um, it's always tough to do this with family members, especially family members. People you know is kind of tough, but family members especially. But I, I'll tell you what, if you're able to do, if you're able to present this information clearly to them, then you can anybody else that you, that you come across, right? And so then that's one of those things you have a little bit different relationship with them so you don't have to, you know, get to know them and things like that because hopefully you know them, they're family, right? Um, but we've gotten up hopefully to the point where we actually have identified their spiritual condition um, by using those crunch questions and then part C there is asking permission to present the gospel and this is, this is really where it starts to, to, to kind of bring things home for them one of the ways that we, we've got this and of course we've got general question and also a specific question uh, but general question, 
Uh, just to kind of give you an idea, do you think it's possible for a person to know for sure they have eternal life? Or do you think it's possible to, for somebody to know where they'll spend eternity? So <clears throat> that's kind of the asking permission type thing. And it's not, hey, can I present to you the information? It's you're, you're getting them to think about, hopefully they've gotten to the point where you've dealt with the fact that they are sinners in need of a Savior, and God has provided that Savior, and we'll talk a little bit more about that as we get there. But if, do you think it's possible for somebody to know? Yes or no, right? Um, then you could get into, okay, if I could show you based on the authority of the Scriptures how you can know, would you like to know? That's that, that's that part of actually asking the permission of, of the person to be able to do that. All right. So let's take a look at a few things real quick. <coughs> We've got the basic outline for the gospel presentation. Um, the last little bit here. First part, all people are sinners. Now we've talked about this right here. Romans chapter 3 verse 23. And we even put up the little target, target sign and all that fun stuff a couple weeks ago. Verse 23, all, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's the position where everybody finds themselves, right? And we've talked about that. That, that is one of those things that we all need to make sure that we, we know and understand. So the question would be, if all have sinned, what is sin, right? And we want to be able to make sure that we, we let people know that what exactly, what, what exactly sin is. Now, one of the things that we've talked about before is what? Well, this verse right here says it's what? All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So sin isn't just coming short of the glory of God, but it's, there's two things there. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All right, so there's two different parts there. So we need to find out what those two things are. All right, what is it, to, what is it, what is it when you sin? All right. What we have down here, let's go take a look at these real quick. Go over to Romans chapter 1. <clears throat> the purpose behind this is to let people know um, and convict them. There, there's, there's, there's a lot of folks out there that don't think sin is a problem, and it is. It flat is. That verse right there tells us that it is. <clears throat> right? So, Romans chapter 1, and let's just take a look at some of these things to kind of give us an idea of what, what it is that a sin is. Um, of course, Romans chapter 1 takes us all the way back to the Tower of Babel. If you notice here, uh, let's just start off in verse... Um, let's just start off in verse 21, all right? I've got... I don't have all of it on there, but if, if you start off at verse 21, uh, what we find out about those folks back then, and then of course that's still dealing with folks today. Notice, because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, into birds and a four-footed beast and creeping things. Now, what we find out there is there's a notice. Notice what we have there. 
Um, what's the very first thing? They knew God, but they glorified Him not as God. Neither were they what? Thankful. So there's a natural response that we have, I think, to the, 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 the sin issue, and that is it produces unthankfulness. Now, one of the things that's interesting to me, of course, in a couple months we've got the, the, the holiday that we, we usually celebrate that we call Thanksgiving, right? Um, and what do you notice? You go to Walmart. <laughs> you go to Walmart. Right about now they'll start putting up stuff for Halloween. And as soon as they're done with Halloween stuff, they start putting up Christmas stuff, right? But there's never anything that they do for Thanksgiving type stuff. And it's an interesting thing that, that I've kind of noticed over the years that Thanksgiving's kind of been pushed under the rug. Um, and that's, I think that's a natural consequence to this right here. <clears throat> Neither were they thankful but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. Uh, if you hold your place there, go over to Ephesians. And we see the same sort of thing over there in, in Ephesians. Uh, notice in chapter 4. <coughs> of course, we, we know and understand where we are uh, in the dispensation of the grace of God. And we understand, um, hopefully... Um, where we are in the world and we're not shocked at these things um, but notice in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 17 it says this I say therefore and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth not walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind that's the same vain thinking that you saw back over in Romans chapter 1 verse 18 having the understanding darkened being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. But ye have not so learned Christ. And what Paul is doing there with the folks in Ephesus is saying, you know about um, the Gentiles and how they walk in their vanity and, and their emptiness of their mind and all that stuff. And he's saying, don't do that. Right? So that's the same thing that we see over here in Romans chapter 1 about them being unthankful. Um, they became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. That we, we see the exact same thing over in, in Ephesians chapter 4. Now, <clears throat> back in Romans chapter 1. We keep on going down through here and you get this list and it's just... It's not a good list. Look at verse 24. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the Creator who is blessed forever. Amen. <clears throat> Here's where we start getting into some more. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men living the, the natural use of the woman burning their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meat. 
And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness. We start seeing this. Covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, (coughs) who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of what? Death. Right? What do we know? The, The wages of sin is death. That's what they're worthy of. That they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. So what is sin? That's, that's, that's the stuff right there, right? Verses 29 through 32, we see that's, that's what it is. But what is it that they are worthy of? Death, right? And that's the issue that we want to make sure that, that we see, right? Sin deserves death. That's the, the, that's the wages of sin. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So when we think about these things, he gives us a list of stuff in verses 29, 30, 31, and 32. Um, Not verse 32, but he gives us a list of stuff in those three verses. He says, here's what sin is. Well, what is it? It's any action. It's any thought. It's any attitude. It's anything that violates God's holy standard. Now, it's interesting when you think about go back to Romans chapter 3. When you think about that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now, the interesting thing is if you remember, if you go back into Exodus one of the things that, that Moses says is, Lord, show me your glory. And God knows that if He shows man His glory, what would happen to man is he would fall over dead. So when we take a look at that, <coughs> God says, okay, I'm going to show you my glory. And what happens is, is He sees His backside and then what we find out is, hold your, uh, go to Rome, uh, Galatians chapter 5. Um, Galatians chapter 5. We went through this we went through this a long long time ago back in the day. Um, I think we did a 20 something part series on the the fruit of the spirit. But what I want us to think about is all of sin and come short of the glory of God. Now, what's interesting is as we were going through uh, Galatians chapter 5 lays out for us the fruit of the Spirit. Right? <clears throat> and if you go back to, and we're not going to do this for time's sake, but if you go back to Exodus 33 and Exodus chapter 34 and Numbers 14 and Psalm 86 and Jeremiah 15, if you go back and look at those, that's where we'd see God showing Moses His glory. And what's interesting is, is His glory is summed up in these fruit. Now, notice, 
But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. You look at that stuff, that's what is God's glory is composed of. Right? We go back and we can look at that in Exodus and find that out. But that's what His glory is composed of. And what's interesting is, is we get to be a part of what God's doing today to promote and show His glory through this fruit. Now the interesting thing about that is, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is, and then it gives us a list. <clears throat> the one thing that I was always always thought when it came to the fruit of the Spirit is if you're doing these things, then that's proof that you're saved. <clears throat> and that's not what it is at all. The interesting thing, you know, you know how one little word can change something? Right? Notice there it says, but the fruit of the Spirit. So it's the fruit of the Spirit. It's the fruit that the Spirit produces. Not me. Me trying to go around and loving everybody doesn't show that I'm producing fruit. Me trying to have joy all the time isn't that. It's This is what the Spirit will produce in you when we actually believe. That's God's glory. So the interesting thing is God takes care of the sin issue and He also takes care of the glory issue. He says, I'm going to glorify myself through you. And that's an interesting thing. But it's the Spirit that's going to produce that. Now, <clears throat> that, those are those two things in Romans chapter 3, verse 23 um, that God deals with. All of sin comes short of the glory of God. What do we know? We're not going to be able to get there. We're not going to be able to make it. Um, and I've got a bunch of verses here um, written out. Uh, Proverbs 6.17, Exodus chapter 20, verse 15, Romans 3.14, and Exodus chapter 20, verse 7. Now, if you go back to look at Exodus chapter 20, what is it, what is it that you have in Exodus chapter 20? <coughs> it's the Ten Commandments, right? And so then, what God's showing to the nation of Israel, in fact, um, go back to Romans chapter 3. <coughs> Romans chapter 3 is... Got a lot of this stuff that we need. Um, it shows up here in Romans chapter 3. <clears throat> what was the purpose of the law? To show. to show you. That what? You've missed it. That you've sinned and come short of the glory of God. Notice, notice right here, Romans chapter 3, verse 19. This is right before we get to verse 23. Um, so it's, it's, it's important for us to know this right off the bat. Notice in verse 19. Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that, here's the purpose, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore by the deeds of the law there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. Why? For the law is the knowledge of sin. The purpose of the law is to let us know that we have sinned. <clears throat> That's the purpose of it. That's why it exists. When Paul talks about using the law lawfully, that's how he means it. Now, growing up, I was always thinking, 
if I do the law, if I'm good and I treat people the right way and I do unto others as they do unto me, you remember the golden rule and all that fun stuff, right? That if you do enough good, then you're okay. You'll, as long as you can out, outdo your sin, well, the problem is, is you can't outdo your sin. <laughs> it's not possible to. Um, and, and it's, it's kind of interesting when you start thinking about and going through these things. Um, notice, go to Romans chapter 5. <clears throat> Someone wants to think about this. Romans, Romans chapter 5, um, let's start off in verse 20. And of course, there's a whole bunch of stuff that's going on prior to this, but I want us to be able to see this. Notice, Romans chapter 5, verse 20 says, Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. Now, that doesn't mean that the law came about so that people would go and sin more. That's not what it is. What that is, is here's why the law entered, is to show that sin already existed. And you can actually see a definitive standard that says this is what sin is. So you can look at it and say, boy, I tell you what, it's worse than what we thought it was. Right? But here's the interesting thing. But where sin abounded... Grace did much more abound. Now, what's interesting about that is, is what? Where sin abounded. What's that mean? That means sin had to abound. Not again, and it's not, okay, so let's go and sin so we can make sure that everybody sees how great God is and He saved me, blah, blah, blah. That's not what it is. What it is is, it, sin, and this is, this is one of those things, it's a really hard thing to, to, to really nail down, but... <clears throat> Sin is, again, every action, attitude, thought, or word that fails to achieve God's holy standard of righteousness. It includes unholiness, unmerciful, unrighteous, unthankful, not seeking God. Not loving God, not being perfect, not continuing well-doing, and all that. That's what, And it's really hard to say, okay, well, this is what sin is. Sin is blah, blah, blah. Well, here's the thing. What we've got to be able to do is let people know everything we do is from that. And if it's anything that goes against God's holy standard, that is a sin. Now, verse 21 says, That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. <coughs> Again, we see sin hath reigned unto death, even so uh, might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. The good news is that's not where we end. That's not where we end, coming short of the glory of God. That's, that's good news. Again, that gets us to the point. Now, um, and again, we got a bunch of different verses to be able to go through and look at that. 
What I want us to be able to, to think about and to deal with is we all sin in character and conduct. We all demand our own way. It's that me first thought process. And what happens, what's happened, is you take a look at the culture in which we live now, and they've actually found a way to market me first. Every platform of social media, that's what that is, is me first. Um, we all deny the will of God. That's that rebellion saying, I don't want God in my life. We've all been there. Um, we're all driven by selfishness to do the wrong thing. That's what unrighteousness is. That's what this will produce in our life. What does it earn? It earns physical death. That's separation. Our body separation from the soul. It earns spiritual death. That's that separation from God. And it also earns the second death. Um, go real quick. We'll take a look at this one. Revelation chapter 20. <coughs> Revelation chapter 20. We also have it in chapter 21. We'll look at both of them. Revelation chapter 20. <clears throat> let's, uh, let's start looking at verse 11. Now, what I want us to be able to think about, there is the judgment seat of Christ, but then there's also the great white throne judgment. One thing that a lot of people don't understand is those two are completely different things, right? This one is for saved individuals where we're going to have our work judged. Now the good thing about that is the work that we produce is the work that God's Word produces in us. And the thing about that is, it's not so we feel bad and look bad and, and all that. In fact, judgment seat of Christ, I consider that as something that we should all look forward to. Because God's going to say, look at all the work that I did in and through you. And by the way, I'm going to reward you for the work that I did in and through you. The stuff that you did, all that's going to burn away and go away. And all you're going to be left with is the stuff that I produced in you. <coughs> this one is what we see right here in Revelation chapter 20, verse 11. <coughs> if you're here, you don't go through that one. Simple. If you're through this one, that means you've never been saved. And notice, verse 11. And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from those, or from whose face the earth and heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. <coughs> and I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were open, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. 
And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which is in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their what? Works. Now, what works are going to be judged here are these things. That's the works that we produce in and of ourselves. And if we've never had Christ as our Savior, then we're still dead in our sin. And our sins are the things that we're going to be punished for and judged for out here. That's the works that we produce in and of ourselves. Verse 14, And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Now, after the great white throne judgment, what happens is, what we see here, death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever's name, whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. <clears throat> after the great white throne judgment, what happens is, lake of fire. That's, that's everybody who's alive that's never trusted in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. That's their future. And what we've got to be able to think about is we know people who we don't want them to go through that. And we have to get to a point where we care about people enough to say, this is where you're headed. <clears throat> and we've got to be able to care enough about them to show them how to get out of this and how not to go through that, but rather to go through this. And we've got to be able to, we've got to, be able to get to that point where we care enough to be able to do that. Um... Revelation 21, we see the same thing here. Notice. <coughs> Verse 8. But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. That's this. There's a guy a few a few weeks ago. He was talking about um, being baptized with fire. And most normally, when people say that, what they're thinking is Acts two, right? Where the cloven tongues, like as a fire came down, and they were able to speak in tongues and all that stuff. That's not a baptism with fire. That's the baptism with fire. That's not a good baptism. <coughs> you go over there to John or to, to Matthew chapter three, and John the Baptist is talking about I baptize with water. Christ is going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. That's that baptism. That's not a good baptism. That's not something you want to be a part of. That's this right here. That's what we see here in Revelation twenty and also chapter twenty one as well. But that's, sin produces, the wages of sin is death, physical death, spiritual death, and that second death. <clears throat> All right. Moving right along. 
Let's get some good news. Um, go to Romans chapter 5. If there's anything that we want to make sure people see, it is Romans chapter 5. <clears throat> Especially after we've shown them the bad news. Romans chapter 5. This is, this is one of those key verses <clears throat> that, that we should have in the back of our mind. Romans chapter 5 verse... Um, let's just start off in verse 6. <clears throat> Romans 5, 6. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. So who's the ungodly? Everybody, right? For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. <clears throat> Here's the verse. But God commendeth His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. <clears throat> the love of God, part of His glory says, I'm going to go take upon myself the form of a human flesh. Philippians 2 deals with that. John 1. I'm going to go, and because of my love, I'm going to go and pay your sin debt that you owe me. He says, my love... He commended His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners. He didn't wait for us to clean it up. He didn't wait for us to turn over a new leaf. He didn't wait for us to do that. He says, <laughs> when we were sinners. Now, the issue there is who's Paul addressing here in Romans chapter 5? He's addressing saved people in Rome. And he's saying, God commendeth His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners. Well, what's interesting now is on this side of the cross and on this side of hearing the gospel and on this side of trusting it, we're no longer sinners. He says were. That's an important distinction to notice. He says you were one of those. And it's interesting. Does that mean that we stop sinning after we get saved? No. But guess what? He no longer looks at you like this. That's amazing to know. And it's only saved people that He can say that about. Notice, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Notice, much more than being now justified by His blood. <coughs> He's saying, this is who you were, but now you're justified by His blood. Nothing else. Nothing else. It's amazing. I mean, you think about, you think about if, if we had to do something, <coughs> if we had to do anything to go from here to here, We'd mess it up. And, and, and it's interesting because 
God pulls this out and says, I'm going to do this for you so that you can't mess it up. And now, and he said, what, what I like about verse 9 is much more than being now justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. He's saying, I'm saving you from this. And he's, he's basically saying, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. He's saying it's a done deal. It's as if I've already declared you're not going through that stuff right there. And He's, he's laid, us out, laid it out there for us. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, <clears throat> much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. <clears throat> saved from that. By His life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. That's a done deal. <clears throat> huh? They don't want to get it. And that's what it comes down to. Um, and what it is, is pride. Because if, if I can't do something to get it, I don't want it because I can't, I can't boast about it. Yeah. And that's one of those toughest things to be able to set aside and say, okay, I can't do it. Turning the leaves. Yeah. Uh, if you have, if you think that way, you're actually thinking you can make. You you're gonna, you're doing something. Yeah. Yeah. And that's 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 the you know, <clears throat> well, walk an aisle, say a prayer. Well, how do you know if you said it right? You know. Um. And what happens is. If you do try to do something, then you start guessing, well, did I do it right? And there's, there's absolutely no confidence there. Well, somebody else told me that I was supposed to do it this other way. So which one's right? Well, I got to go do that one too. Well, somebody else says you got to do something else. You go do that one. I was like, all right. I'm going to do them all in case in, in case one of them's got it right and then I've got it all right. Um, but that, that's one of those things that it comes down to is, is not understanding that you can't do it yourself. There's no way. There's no way we can get out of that by anything that we do. Um, and we're always going to be that way. Um, <clears throat> trying to think here. We've got... So, here, here's the solution, right? Christ died for your sins. God commendeth His love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Um, <clears throat> 1 Timothy 2.4, right? We, we, know that, we know that verse. It's God's will that all men be saved and come, uh, um, come to the knowledge of the truth. That's the purpose of what we want. Um, God wants everybody saved and He wants everybody to know it. Um, Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay the penalty for man's sins. And of course, we got a bunch of verses there. 
what what's <clears throat> what's really interesting is Calvary is God's only provision. The work of Christ can never be mixed with religious rites or moral obligations. We're not saved by our performance, but by Christ's sacrifice on the cross. Somebody somebody once said, you know the song, um, Jesus paid it all, all to Him I owe. Um, what, what religion does is they, they change it to Jesus paid a part and I a part, you know. That, that's, that's their idea of I, I can do something. I need to be able to do something um, in order to <clears throat> deal with that. And I've also seen being a really, if they can't have almost like a mirror to look off of, mm-hmm. to go by, it, they just fall away because that's what they're, they hold to. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and a lot of it, I mean, we, we've all grown up in something like that. And it, it comes to the point where do we trust what we've grown up in or do we trust what the book said? And, you know, it's one of those things. Um, I decided to, uh, to go by the book. Yeah. Um, because it, I mean, you look at Romans 5.8, that's still the same as it was when it was first written down. It's not changed. Nothing has changed about that. Um, no matter how I feel about it, <clears throat> that still says what it says. Um, huh? <coughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, and that, you know, that's the interesting thing is a lot of times you look at something and be like, I don't ever remember seeing that, but it's always been there and it's always said the same thing. And you just may not have seen it. Um, and it's interesting when you read it. You're like, okay. I mean, that's what it says. Um, nobody, nobody went in and, and how, you know, why did something out and rewrote wrote, wrote that verse for you in a different way, right? Um, so it's interesting when you start looking at, at, at some of those things. <clears throat> how we try to, and this is, this is part of that sin, the... the the vain imaginations is well we can fix it by doing enough good that that's when he's talking about vain imaginations that's part of it is i think that i can fix sin myself and just get out of my way and let me do it um instead of having that 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 trust in that fully satisfying fully substitutionary payment that Jesus Christ made once for all um, and has nothing to do with stuff that we do because what do we do is always going to be that. Um, We also can when when we do have when we stumble and sin uh, we can put us as now we're not in there when God never says that. Yeah. Yeah. And so then what, what happens is when when you start understanding grace and all that stuff, you start being able to deal with that in a way that you couldn't have before. Um, so I'm saved from it. But I'm also being saved from it every single day. 
by me believing the verses and going through and understanding actually who I am in Christ and appropriating who He's made me uh, in my life every single day as I live, walk, and have my being. Um, and it, it, it actually allows you to deal with the initial, but it also helps you deal with every time you sin after that. And it just makes things a whole lot easier um, to deal with in, in, in that regard. All right. Um, being able to, recl- uh, to, to rely exclusively on what Christ has done. That's, that's what it comes down to. All right. Uh, so the homework then going through reviewing the lessons that we've done so far um, <clears throat> we've got some memory verses there memorizing the crunch questions being able to get those uh, three critical issues <coughs> and then uh, if you need a pocket bible let me know um, robert said he wanted one <coughs> um, so we've got we've got some so if you'd like one, let us know and we'll, we'll get one for you. Uh, it comes in handy. And then that little paper can just kind of stick in there. works out pretty well. All right, so that will get us through lesson two. Um, and then we'll pick up with lesson three um, next weekend. So.